Welcome to NoSpinHomilies.com. I invite you to join me to reflect upon the homilies of Father Dan. Father Dan will challenge us to open our heart, mind, and soul to the Word of God. Father Dan will draw upon sacred scripture along with art, literature, and the lives of the saints to help us grow in our love and knowledge of the scripture. In doing so, we can become the living Word of God in this world. Now it is my pleasure to present to you No Spin Homilies. There are so many things in our culture that calls us to be self-reliant, to be in control, our own boss, to assert ourselves. It is deeply ingrained in us as Americans, and we're proud of it. When you look at the story of the West, the Western world, it's a story of progress. And yet, how do we interpret that? As we're throwing the shackles of tradition and authority aside and finding one's own voice, finding one's own way. Now we see that it's becoming increasingly popular in the West, especially in our country. It's a kind of religion of self-assertion. Now, there's a book that describes this. It was written by a sociologist, Robert Bella, several years ago. It's entitled Habits of the Heart. And in this book, Bella surveys the scene in America. And he looks at all the different religions, both organized religions and unorganized religions. And he comes across a very unusual one. Bella writes, We interviewed one young woman who has named her religion after herself. Sheila Larson is a young nurse who has received a good deal of therapy and describes her faith as Sheilaism. This suggests the logical possibility of more than 235 million American religions, one religion for each and every one of us. I believe in God, Sheila says. I'm not a religious fanatic. I can't remember the last time I went to church. My faith has carried me a long way. It's Sheilaism, just my own little voice. In defining what she calls my own Sheilaism, she said, I just try to love myself and be gentle to myself. Now, what's so famous about this passage is this is individualism run amok. A person's economic life, their political life, their social life, and now their religious life becomes a matter in which the person says, I do what I want to do, what I want to decide. Picking and choosing elements of different religions you know, I like this aspect of Buddhism. I find this aspect of Christianity charming. Therefore, I will form my own religion based upon an assembly of likable qualities from different religions. Now, this is completely contradictory to the Bible. The Bible contradicts all matters of individualism, especially when it comes to matters of religion. Where do we see this? Very clearly. Well, in the second reading from this weekend's readings, from Paul's letter to the Corinthians. Now, if there are any two letters from Paul that we should read within our lifetime, it's Romans and 1 Corinthians. Within these two letters, it lies the whole theology of Christianity. Now, listen from the second reading. It's the very beginning of 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 1. Now, when we read this, 
bear in mind that Sheilaism, that individualism. Paul writes, Paul, called to be an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God. Paul immediately identifies himself in who he is. First and foremost, he is somebody who has been called. Paul, called to be an apostle. He's not doing the calling. He's not deciding. He's not setting his own agenda. Paul is someone placed in the passive voice. He is someone who has been called by God. God seized him, and that defines who he is as a person. Notice also that detail. By the will of God is Paul called. It's not Paul's own will. Paul didn't wake up one day and say, you know, I think I'm going to be an apostle today. No, instead, it's the will of God. Now, this is revolutionary. One could say the whole spiritual program is summarized in this one verse. Chapter 1, verse 1, 1 Corinthians. Now, it runs contradictory to individualism that is so prevalent in our culture in the United States. Individualism says what? My rights must be willfully defended. Now, think of that hyper-litigious society we are in right now. Everyone seeking to defend their rights and setting the tone for their own life. Great example of this. You look at some of the writings. Say, for example, Thomas Jefferson. Thomas Jefferson once wrote, It's my will that determines the meaning of my life. Or take, for example, the German philosopher Nietzsche, who lived in the 19th century, and yet his philosophy is becoming more and more prevalent in the United States. It's called the will to power. Throw off all oppressive structures like organized religion and God, and you decide. You follow your will. You determine the course of your life. And when you follow your own will, then you have true power over your life. Well, Paul argues just the opposite of that. He's called by God's will, not his own will. It's not Paul that is sending the agenda for his life. Paul acknowledges his will has been swallowed up by a greater will, the will of God. And that defines who he is. And it also defines who we are as Catholics. When we surrender our will to the will of God, now we know who we truly are, and we become the person that God created us to be. Paul is someone who has surrendered to the will of God in his life. I think St. Augustine puts it best. He writes, Lord, you have made us for yourself, for our hearts are restless until they rest in you, my God. Now, the voice of the individualism says what? In my will. I have found peace. But the biblical voice of freedom is, Lord, in your will, I have found peace and joy. In your will, I have found my deepest self and identity. And see, that's exactly what Paul is saying to us here. And that's what we must always truly believe in. The truest sense of joy and peace and fulfillment is always found in God's will. Now, What does God's will call Paul to be? An apostle. Apostle comes from the Greek word apostolene, which means to send. Paul is someone who has been sent by Jesus Christ. Paul is not setting his own path. His path has already been determined by him. He's not sending himself. Instead, it is Jesus sending him to be an apostle. Well, 
we continue to use that same word, but abbreviated, post. Post in Greek means sending. So the next time you go to the post office, think about that. You are going to the sending office. Now stay with that. When you go to the post office, you drop off a card or a letter for a loved one. Well, Paul is telling us he himself is the letter of Jesus Christ. He embodies himself as the letter that Jesus Christ has written for each and every one of us. Paul often in his writings refers to himself as the doulos Jesus, the slave of Jesus Christ. Now, can you imagine someone exulting in that fact that he or she is a slave to someone else? And yet that is exactly what Paul is saying. I am the slave of Jesus Christ. I have been sent by him. Friends, that is at the heart of the Christianity, to surrender your will to a higher power, the power of Jesus Christ and his will. See, when we do that, then like Paul, we become the person that God created us to be. Then we have fulfillment in life. Paul's whole life was about Jesus Christ from the beginning to the end. The risen Christ was the reason why he got up in the morning. The risen Christ was the reason why he evangelized and preached. The risen Christ was the reason why he surrendered to God's will and was given the mission of apostleship. Now keep in mind, this isn't Paul's personal message, something that he simply makes up. It's not Paul's bright ideas. Paul is not a guru. He's not some figure who has experienced a deep enlightenment. Instead, Paul is the messenger sent by God according to God's will. And so, everything about Sheilaism has been reversed by that one verse at the very beginning of Corinthians. Everything about this hip and trendy New Age religion that is becoming more prevalent in the United States has been reversed by Paul. Now, go to the first reading from Isaiah. It echoes the same theme. It says, The Lord said to me, You are my servant, Israel, through whom I show my glory. Now the Lord has spoken, who formed me as a servant from the womb. That's exactly who we are. We are baptized into Jesus Christ. We are servants of God, surrendering our will to the will of God, and then sent, sent to live out our faith and become the person that God intended us to be. Now, with that mind, go back into the second reading. Paul, he says, to the church of God that is in Corinth. Now, the word that he uses for church is ekklesia in Greek, which means a community of people that have been called. If you look at the church in the Archdiocese of Milwaukee, the church of the Archdiocese of New York or Philadelphia, these are not communities of individuals asserting their own wills. No, not at all. Instead, they are communities of people who have been called by Jesus Christ. Like Paul, we have placed ourselves in the passive voice by Jesus Christ and then sent according to God's will and not our own will. Paul finally closes. He says, called to be holy. Well, here's the challenge for each and every one of us not to set our own agenda, not to walk our own path. Instead, surrender. Surrender to God's will and let ourselves be chosen and called. 
sent to live out our faith precisely by Jesus Christ, to become the people that God intended and created us to be. Because in God's will is true peace. In God's will do we really find fulfillment and joy in life, just like Paul did. And may the grace and the peace of Jesus Christ rest upon you always.